0: And welcome back to another episode of the Burning Leaf Podcast. Thomas and Jory here. Tom is still on his PTO and wherever the hell he is. Um, so, pretty fun episode today. Uh, it's become a yearly thing. Midway Awards. Uh, seems like everyone on Twitter is doing it, so we're going to do it as well. Um, so, before we get into that, we'll just hop into Flames and Leaf news. Uh, we'll start with the Flames. I'll try and keep it nice and brief. Uh, since we last spoke, I don't remember if it was before or after the Coyotes game. Uh, they beat the Coyotes 3-2 in overtime. Uh, then the BLP Bowl, they played the Leafs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the Leafs obviously took it 4-3 off a very, 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 very controversial hand pass goal that was disallowed, which I think was bullshit on area. Um This league is fucked. Mm-hmm. There, I, it, Thomas, because you said the same thing. There's no way that's a hand pass. Yeah, there's. There's,
2: there's yes. no way. He doesn't... I don't even know. Like,
0: it's completely it, it's different. It's just a if,
2: stupid rule.
0: It, it's, it, it's okay if Phil Forsberg grabs the puck behind the net and throws it and the guy shoots it in. That's fine. Yes, that did happen to the Flames earlier this year. It happened and they reviewed it and they called it a goal. But No, it was just stupid. Like, It seemed like everything was going the Leafs' way in terms of calls. I feel like they got a few more power plays. Obviously, they had... The Marner goal, which was on the four on three, and the Zeri one gets disallowed, which I thought was fucking ridiculous, but it is what it is. And you know, Matthews' hat trick. Hmm. Did you hear the MVP chance? I did. <laughs> I, I I think it was for Sharon Sherengilovich because <laughs> he scored again. Um, but yeah, no, it was a good game. I thought. I thought uh, Jones was good for them. He made some huge saves, like Vladar in the third was unbelievable. He plays another game against the Leafs because he always does. Um, but yeah, just that was a ridiculous call, in my opinion. It's just like I I don't I I don't understand how you can look at it, take a timeout, take mm-hmm. more time to look at it, and then say, Yeah, we want to challenge it. To me, that's the most ridiculous part of all of it. Yeah. Like that, you can take a timeout and then after the time, yeah, yeah I want to challenge. Like, no, like you should get like 30 seconds after the goal. By the time the puck goes in the net. To they get to center, it should make thirty seconds. If you can't, if you don't want to challenge and it passes, well, shit on like, your shit out of luck. Right, that's my opinion on it. But
2: you know, and Russo, I'm going to be honest. Like that goal counts. I think the Flames are winning that game.
0: Well, if it goes to overtime, like you never know. But it's just like it's it was a good game. Like regardless, and then yeah, I think that just took the wind out of the Flames' sales I think they they knew it was a goal, and like it was like five six minutes after. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was right away, right? I think you just kind of took the sales out of them it's like fuck like now we're, we're out of it and then yeah but anyway then they lose to the oilers 2-1 3-1 saturday night just flames didn't come to play i i i got i, I watched the game but i really wasn't paying attention because I, I was out um but it was just yeah like edmonton was all over them vladar was mm-hmm. great all game and they didn't really test skinner all that much and um, it just didn't seem like they were in it. They didn't seem like they were engaged. And the fact that it was only 2-1 and Hyman with the 3-1 goal, it's yeah, and like that goal by was it Gagne, like goes off like three yeah, like was, goes yeah. off like I think it went off Ras and then off like Vladar's stick. It's like thank God, like what are you gonna do? And of course, like they keep Leon and Connor pointless and mm-hmm. they still lose, right? Is what it is. Uh really quick. Uh, Dylan Dubé took a leave of absence from the team to deal with what the team said mental health issues. We don't know what it is. People are already speculate it's World Junior was related because same thing happened with Carter hurt today. I don't know. We don't know, and until something's confirmed, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, I just hope he can, you know, get to a place where he can come back and play hockey because obviously that sucks. Um, and then down springboard off that Shillington. Uh, back from his conditioning stint. So he's still on LTIR. The, the Flames came to an agreement with the league. He's still not ready to play yet, but he's practicing with the team, which again, huge step forward. I didn't think we'd see him this year. So return and pending, hopefully end of the month, would uh, end of, I guess, February would be his timeline, I would say. Maybe it's earlier, who knows, but it'd be nice to see him get back in the game here. And then Jacob Markstrom's back tonight after... uh suffering a little bit of an injury so uh we'll move on to the Leafs Thomas take it away here because uh two and two since we last spoke
2: two and two since our last recording which is obviously against the flames and they won that game uh so they win the first game of since we last recorded and the last game since we last recorded for Seattle on Sunday but other than that I didn't watch the uh, Vancouver game the Edmonton game was sort of weird in a sense like it was like you were in the game defensive lapses come again again the vancouver game you come back you're in the game power play for the vancouver canucks kind of eats at you seattle game i only watched the third period fully and seattle basically didn't even have a chance of that one um but two and two since we last recorded john tavar is still pointless uh for the last i think nine or ten games and um yeah that's concerning for sure um when one of your guys your captain is uh pointless for that many games uh, he's playing power play minutes he's on the second line a little bit concerning uh about his foot speed now and, and that's all the articles that are going to come out now from toronto media oh is are they going to trade for a center or did they are they going to have a plan b uh, um yeah that's that definitely concerning and then obviously the chat or the stat i put in the chat this morning uh 15 points combined between bertuzzi tavares nyes and domi in 11 games in 2024 which is uh that's like cool. like we mentioned last week, like I mentioned last week, those guys were brought in to put up some points. Knives was put on the first line to put up points and they're obviously not doing that. And I want to ask you guys a question because in the NBA and the NHL is nowhere close to the NBA, but in the NBA, when a player is struggling, they'll get their contract bought out or they get flipped to another team to get more minutes and start playing good. And then maybe even get flipped again to another contender to be on that team for as a bench player. But the Leafs have run into a situation where none of those guys, they sign in free agency and hope that'd be, they'd be better in putting up points are doing anything. So do you flip the, a guy at the deadline for someone who's going to be get going on this team? Like, I don't see it happening, but would you dive into that market?
1: That's tough. Like if they like continue to be like 500 for, to like the trade deadline, then I would definitely like, hunt on this season to be to be honest and like just get some assets back because you have zero and like if you even wanted to add marginally around like the edges a second or third round pick they barely have those either and like all the pieces that they kind of almost every single signing is backfired Mm -hmm. in in some way the Domi one's been okay for three million i think you can live with three million for whatever he is maybe 25 to 30 points right now it's not terrible the goals is not good, but he's a playmaker anyways. But like the won, one, I don't I don't know how that didn't like work out at all. Like he's played with skilled players before, it just hasn't worked. Uh Klimberg, Reeves were terrible from the start. The camp extensions terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and like nice hasn't really shown what he kind of showed near the end of last year and in the playoffs last year. Which is a little, which might be a big expected. Maybe they're kind of pushing him up the lineup. Like he was on the first line, like after fifteen games, because Bertuzzi was struggling. Maybe that was a bit too quick. Um, but he hasn't had like they, they have no secondary scoring. If if mm. if three guys aren't scoring goals, they're not winning games. It used to be four guys. Now Tavares, mm. like you said, has not done anything in like ten games. It's like those three guys: Marner, Matthews, Nylander. If they're not scoring or getting points, then, and they don't get production from the back end outside of Riley. So,
0: well, yeah, like no, I said, it, your thoughts? I said it during the game last week where it was like, given, okay, if you take the best player off any team, there's going to be a lot of struggles. Like, if you took McKinnon off the abs, you always take McDavid off the Oilers, like, those teams are going to struggle but my god if the Leafs didn't Mm. have Matthews Mm -hmm. they would be so bad like like, I thought the flames played them well on Thursday yeah and it's like but every time Matthews is on the ice the ice tilted I didn't think Marner was very good at five on five I didn't really notice Nylander all that much Tavares is a ghost these days but yeah like the ice tilts whenever 34 is on the ice for good reason Um, but in saying that, I don't think you punt the season. You have Matthew scoring at a 70 goal pace. I'm sorry, you're in a playoff spot. If tree living even thinks about punting the season, (laughs) you're an idiot. I'm sorry. Like, okay, if you can flip Bertuzzi or if you can flip Domi for somebody that can, that's what I'm
2: saying. Like, yes,
0: a hundred percent. If you can flip Bertuzzi for another player that will fit better in your lineup, 100%. The problem is, is somebody going to go for that? Probably mm-hmm, not. Yeah, that's the thing. Bertuzzi's a UFA at the end of the year. You're probably looking at a UFA for UFA swap. Yeah. But what contending team is going to do that? No. And then what selling team is going to take on a player like Bertuzzi? Unless yeah. you're getting assets in return. Like, the only way, let's just say the Flames. You get laid home we take Bertuzzi. The only way the flames make that happen is if you're getting piece X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Like if you're getting Bertuzzi, you're getting let's just say a first round pick and Nick Robertson just for right. fun. Like that's the only way I'm doing that. And then if Conroy was smart, he'd flip Bertuzzi right away for a pick. Right. Right. But you don't I've seen people say sell, sell. Are you stupid? Yeah, selling.
2: You're not. You I just know. gave
0: Nylander eight by eleven and a half. You got yeah yeah. Matthews playing the way he is. You don't sell. You don't. It would be stupid for them too. But that's where I stand. I, I just I had this conversation with someone at work. I'm like, you would have to be. The only way you would sell in this situation is if remember like when the Oilers were really bad and McDavid was putting up god numbers and that's the only time you sell. The Penguins never sold. Even when they were kind of on the outskirts of the playoffs, you never saw the Penguins selling with Crosby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? They always they were always buyers. They were always looking at. It would be so stupid if loving decided that, oh, yeah, we're going to sell. Matthews is going to score 75 goals this year, but we're going to sell. Mm-hmm. Like, Dubis would never. Like, he, he would say, like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Right? Dubas, Dubas is going to buy the deadline this year. <laughs> if you think he's selling, you're fu- you're fucking out of your mind. Dubis, he's buying. He's buying. You think so? Their
1: team is terrible.
2: They're
0: terrible. But terrible. you only have two more years of Sid. You have this year and next. To me, if they're even a few points out, or even five out, they're going for
1: it. In my opinion, but going but like what? Like a third liner that's not but 45 he,
0: Okay, years but old? maybe not. They're not maybe going like big game hunting. But he's not. Jake Gensel finishes the year as Penguin. You think so? Things would have to get really bad. If the Pens lose like eight in a row and they're out of it, okay, fine.
1: Hmm.
0: But if they stay afloat and they're there, they don't trade Getzel. With Crosby, Crosby's on pace for 50 goals this year. <laughs> There's no way I can see it happening with Sid still playing the way he is.
2: And uh, think about the Dubis, like the Pittsburgh fans that like have no relation to Dubis. They're like the first year this guy comes, this guy's selling what?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, Matt, same with the Leafs, right? Mm-hmm.
2: It's like, oh, first year of tree living. Oh, we're, we're the flames. Like, why, why did we fire the guy before? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: So that's where I kind of, I stand on it. I think it would be dumb for them to sell.
2: But yeah.
0: I, I had this, I had a different conversation about the Leafs. What do you do when Joseph Wool comes back? Hmm. Because Martin Jones is like a nine fifteen or something right now, right? Yeah, something stupid. They lose him on waivers. Well, can he go through waivers? Some, yeah, he no, he would, have, he, would, he would have. He He would have to go on waivers, for sure. Wouldn't, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But Sam Sonoff can clear right away, right, right, right? No. Well, he, like, if it's pa-
0: once it no, passes yeah, thirty nothing, days, then they would have to put him back right, on true, waivers. True, yeah, yeah. So. Do you risk putting Martin Jones on waivers and losing him, Dude or claimed, or is it Samsonov going through again? I'd have to think at this point it's Samsonov going. Might be right because Samsonov went through and then no one claimed him because like because he's, he's making like three and a half. Yeah, Martin Jones makes eight hundred k. You're telling me Carolina wouldn't be like ah, we'll try it.
2: Now they got Spencer Martin. <laughs> you no, know, it's
0: like you know, like Columbus if they trade like Lincoln's like you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. I had the conversation today. I was like, "It's interesting because he only makes an R K. Doesn't matter if he sucked the last five years before this. He's having a decent go right now." Yep. So, uh, anything you guys want to mention before we go into our midway awards? I don't um, know. Like
1: Patrick I, is the new oh shit. Sanders. Yeah, I was like thinking
0: about news. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, why don't you former hab?
1: All right. Well, he this is his first time in the league in like seven or eight years, which is kind of crazy. Like, I don't know why he was like kind of blackballed from the league. It's not like he did anything like, like Quenville or something. I don't know but, why he was out of the league for so long. Why was he? I don't so know. He's,
0: so he left. Like he had just Colorado. stepped
1: down from the Avs position,
2: mm-hmm. being
0: fired. He just quit.
2: He was a good and coach. He was,
0: he was coaching junior. I think he just wanted to coach junior. I assume I teams approached him. I'm going to assume teams approached him as the coach, and he was
1: just like, I want to coach Sheener. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe. it just Yeah, it's really odd because there was nothing. He just quit the avalanche, whatever, and then, like, nothing. He was, like, the Quebec Ramparts coach for years. Mm-hmm. Now he's with the Islanders. He got his first win on Sunday in his first game. He had to shave the beard because uh, Mafia Lou, who's the general manager. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, my
1: God. At the Mm -hmm. press conference, I think he had the beard, but then during the game, like, he was (laughs) shaved. Anyways, um, it's interesting, though, because, like, he hasn't been in the league in a while. He's been coaching young players for a long time. But then he goes to the Islanders team, who's not young whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They have tons of old guys, especially that fourth line that gets caved in on the daily with Martin Mm -hmm. Clutterbuck. And uh, Sezikas, I think, is hurt. But like I don't know, like I think this is like a last kind of gas type of thing because it is like we're at the halfway point. Like if you're gonna make a coaching change, you got to make it now, in my opinion, if you want to like try to get a playoff spot. Um, I think it's just to light a spark under, uh, spark under the team. They have guys performing pretty well. Like Horvath, Barzell's been good. Dobson's been excellent this year. Yep. Um, but I think it's the like Sorokin's been playing every single game. I think they're fifteen straight them out.
0: tonight. Oh, because has been injured, right? It doesn't matter. Play someone else. Yeah,
1: Yeah. play someone else. Damn, but yeah. So I think this is just kind of a spark last second. I don't really. I haven't like seen him coach in a long time. Like actual NHLs. I don't even know what he really does well. If anything, he could grab the team's attention because he's like an intense guy. He was an intense player when he played. So maybe that. Because I don't really know like what else he does like specifically. Because I haven't seen him in years.
2: Yep. I agree i think, think it'll light back. a fire under their ass yeah that's what i think
1: is
0: fun about it like yeah i think it's uh i just think it's fun like lane lambert obviously wasn't getting the job done there so even was if it only even if was only there for half the year like yeah it's it's to get like it's just to get them going and like yeah it might work it's i don't know i find it to be pretty fun like the league needs
1: something interesting and that's pretty interesting. They should just send I him also, to Yeah, I was also thinking, like, think so of close. that Metro Division, those fiery coaches that they have. They have him now Laviolette Torts. Torts. Who else? I'm probably missing one or two. i like that. Yeah, Brindamore is fiery. Brindamore. Holy smokes. Those guys are God. all like fiery players. They played and they played and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Um anyway midway awards all right um so we'll just give our nominees we'll give who's who we think is going to win so we will start with the prestigious trophy uh oh wait that's i was looking at the our prediction for the start of the year um all right so we'll start with the hurt trophy uh thomas i'll start with you
2: yeah i think we have all the same first guy yeah, but nathan McKinnon for my number one guy Kucherov for my second and then a under the radar one. I don't think it'll actually happen, but it probably should, uh, Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg jets, just cause I don't, I wouldn't say he fully has carried the Winnipeg jets, but there was this stack going around yesterday that this is the first time they let over three goals in, in this stretch yeah. of games that they've played, um, yeah. for the first time. And I don't even know how long. And that obviously is a very good nod to Connor Hellebuck and his goaltending, um, there's no doubt that him and another guy might be at the top for the Vesna, but you could honestly say Connor Hullabuck's been that good and uh to think in the summer we thought this guy was gone from that organization is just pretty yeah. incredible
0: yeah yeah I got the same as you Thomas I had McKinnon Kucherov and Hullabuck McKinnon's having he's in a shatter every you know um he's gonna shatter every career high that he had before this year Kucherov is like somehow underrated this year he's playing out of his <laughs> mind um yeah and i got hella buck too without him you know who knows where that winnipeg team is and that's kind of the definition of the hard trophy it's I, I mean it wouldn't surprise me if mcdavid sneaks his yeah. way in there just he had such a to a standard such a bad start but it, it's still crazy he's like 20 points behind mckinnon it just speaks to the yeah. mckinnon's head hmm
1: mm-hmm. yeah so, so i have the the same two you guys, you guys already kind of went over McKinnon Kutrov in that order. And then I actually have David Pasternak, number three, uh, instead of Hellebuck. And the reason for that is that we all thought Boston was going to fall off a cliff again. They have literally, I cannot express this enough. They do not have a first-line center, period. Oh. They're getting carried by two wingers, one who's 35 and is having a bounce back compared to last year. And the other guy who has 30 goals, like almost 70 points in Pasternak, signed that big deal last Last season to go into this year, he's obviously their best player, and he's been he's been great. And again, there's no Bergeron, no Bergeron helps, blah blah. They've been playing with like Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka. This guy still got, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, This guy still got seventy points and thirty goals, seventy points so far. So again, again, they're first in the Atlantic. Again, they're a top three year team in the league right now. So I would have to give the third nod to Pasternak right now. Yep.
0: Yeah, he he was right there for me. I just I looked at Bucks here, and I'm like, damn, he's been great. Yeah. Um, Ted Lindsay again. It's a, it's a clean sweep across the board. Uh, we all got Nate McKinnon for the reasons mentioned above. Uh, I had Kucherov two, again for the same reason, and McDavid. I th- I think will will find his way in there. It's it's Connor McDavid. We've you never doubt that guy, and the way the Oilers are going right now, 13 straight going for 14. Yeah, I, I think he'll find his way in there.
1: I also got McKinnon Kucherov, kind of that one, two, and then number three, I got Matthews in there. Uh, Obviously, we are kind of just talking about the fact that he's on pace for like 70 goals. There's no way this guy wouldn't be nominated for the Ted Lindsay at the very least, which is like outside of the heart, basically like the best award you could win. Kind of just individual kind of season, like just the best player is playing how they're playing. Um, So he's got 38 goals in like 44 games, which is just nuts. Um, Lots of even strength yeah he's, he's going for the Cy Young um but yeah he's he's been excellent all year he had a bit of a dip like after he had like 12 goals in 12 games to start yeah. the year. had a bit of a dip and then just since I would say like mid-December has been on fire for like the last month yeah. so I would have him rounding out the top three
2: yeah and then for myself McKinnon uh mcdavid because i think um i don't think you can leave that guy's name out of any uh trophy conversation especially if it has a strong second half and then like joe mentioned um if you score over like 60 goals uh you probably should be considered for some award of an mvp level because as we we're so nodded to when we we're talking about watching that game without matthews i don't think the leafs are where they are right so i think he has to be in the conversation for that award yeah um art ross um i think nikita
0: kucherov is going to finish the year with the most points he's been on a torrid pace been like i said just before he's somehow underrated this year people are not talking about nikita kucherov Mm no um i think it'll be close between him and my guy number two mckinnon uh i think just ultimately like Tampa's going to be battling to get in. I think Kucherov's going to be the guy to get them there. McKinnon, they got it too. I, like I said, he'll shatter every career high he's set, and McDavid will get himself back in there. I have no doubt about that. I think he'll go on some stupid run where he gets like 20 points on like four games because it's McDavid. Joe, mm-hmm. oh, Thomas?
1: All right. Uh, I also got. I actually have McDavid winning. the uh, Ross, it's gonna be tight with him and Kucherov, and then I have McDavid oh. at second. So I think. Well, right now it's like a fifteen point gap or something like that. It's gonna be tough to pass Kucherov, but even though like they've won all these games in a row, the Oilers, he's not been putting up like thirty points in like ten games. It hasn't been the case Come at all. Balance. Really it's been. Yeah, it's been very balanced from like has been scoring like Warren Fogle and like Ryan McLeod Hyman's been a beast this year oh. so maybe he doesn't get there but I'm not going to count him out of of a top three it's going to be tight between him and Kucherov I have two and three
2: yeah McKinnon number one for me McDavid and then Kucherov well, again like Russo not a two Kucherov, underrated again somehow
0: yeah uh the rocket this one's runaway, I think Matthews like no one I think
2: I think past or... gets close
0: yeah, I mean possibly, but I think Matthews is just—he's playing so good right now, and I, I don't think anyone catches him. I got past it too. He's been again great this year again, you know, showing why he's that contract's really worth it. And for me, a three. Who knows if the shooting percentage continues <laughs> or if his all unbelievable contract continues? But screw it, Sam Reinhart—he's been having a ridiculous year. Wonder how much this guy's gonna get paid in the off-season, but it'll yeah. be. Definitely will be fun, but he's been having a great year in Florida. The Panthers are having a, an unbelievable season. Uh, they've been great, and Reinhardt's been the catalyst. Who would have, fuck, who would have thought? <laughs> Out of all the guys,
1: Sam Reinhardt. I know. Yeah.
0: So, that's for my three.
1: And then for me, obviously, Matthews, again, I don't think really – I don't think – I think he might have, like, 10 more goals in past night quite a second, to be honest, depending on, like, how these guys finish and help and all that. And then I I have Nico Ranton at third. He did have 55 goals last year. I think he's got 26 or 27 right now. So he's kind of on pace for a similar sort of season. So I'm gonna have him kind of sneaky in that top three as well.
2: Yeah, great for fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matthews for me at one pass track, and then I have dry Um simple explanation I think he has like 22 goals and that's considered a little bad for him <laughs> imagine when he starts like cooking and get all these power play goals because I believe like last year he had 62 power play points this year is only 19. so Ooh. they're a little bit better on the power play he gets a few more goals I could honestly see this guy scoring 45 50 maybe if he gets hot
0: yeah uh
2: the selkie trophy
0: to me is always the one that's hard to predict mm-hmm. but we've got a clean sweep at the top we've actually got a clean sweep for our first two uh, Alex Barkov he what did miss a little bit of time but he's having a really good I wouldn't say a bounce back year because he was very good last year but just it's more of the prime Barkov we expected mm-hmm. from before cool. uh Matthews at two another again having another really solid just really good defensive year and the one that might kind of surprise you Jason Robertson he's had a really solid year on both ends of the ice all of his metrics are up defensively this year. And um, while his point totals and goal to- totals might not be as gaudy as they were a year ago, uh, he's been really solid on both sides of the puck. So um, to me, it's hard not to put him there. He's had a really good year. Just again, kind of under the radar, I think, you know, guys like Rupe Hansen be getting a lot of love in Dallas. So, uh, but Robertson's having just another really strong year.
1: Yeah. Like you said, we got the same two, Barkov. And Matthews think Barkov now that Bergeron's retired, he's gonna be kind of like the candidate every year, sort of thing. And then Matthews has had a bounce back defensively. He's had a obviously a bounce back from all of last year, which was down by his standards. And I this is kind of biased, but I have Suzuki at third, which is not gonna happen. And the reason I say that is because his the second line center that they were supposed to have was out for the season in game two. So he's been playing the most minutes he's had in his career so far. And his defensive numbers are the best that he's had in his career so far on a not very good team. Um, and then, like, you know, kind of a rotating left wing a line made until recently with Lapkovsky up there. Um, again, hasn't been this is kind of like just a biased pipe dream, but he has been really good defensively considering the lack of depth down the middle and just, yes. like, the overall team's not that good. For sure.
2: Yep, Barkov, as we said at the top, clean sweep. Matthews, somehow he's got to be nominated one year. Uh, I don't know if it's this year, but and then third Kopitar, he's always in the conversation. Yeah, staple for the Celtic award.
0: Uh Norris. Um, for me, I got Quinn Hughes. He's just he's having a, a, a not a monster year, monster year in Vancouver. He's been that good all year. Um, I have McCarr at. Two, he's right behind him in my opinion. He's right there. Um, did miss some time with injuries. That's the one thing I think holding him back a little bit is he's missed time with injuries. Um, and three, I got Noah Dobson. He's had a massive breakout year. He's always been good, but he's kind of solidified himself now as a really good top pairing defenseman. And uh it gets something the Islanders need because Pollock and Pelic have kind of taken a few steps back. Uh and Dobson kind of coming in has been really good. So uh yeah, and I wonder uh whose pick they got Dobson with.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So those are my three.
1: Uh I also have Q Hughes at number one. I think it's time that he could win the Norris. Like last year, like he wasn't even mentioned like whatsoever. He had like 75 points. This year he's taking this game to another level. Obviously, Vancouver's been amazing since game one. First year as the captain is you know, plus minus is not a great stat, but he's like plus 35, like. Him and Hronik have been like a dream pair for them, so I think obviously Makar is like right behind him. But I think this year, like just based on the year Vancouver's had, you kind of have to like have him number one right now, in my opinion. And he's got the goals too. Before it was kind of just assist, assist, assist. He's got like 12 or 13 goals yeah. this year, which this is, is a career high, I think. So we're only halfway through the year, and then number three is a guy that was dominant in these nominations for a decade almost. And that's Victor Hedman. If you look at his numbers this year, not even just his points. He's been excellent across the board for them. Sergei has been down. He's supposed to kind of take the, 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 the reins a little bit from Hedman kind of scale back the minutes cause he's younger, but Sergei has been hurt. Hedman's been great all year. He almost has as many points as he did all of last year. I, I had a feeling they, he needed a shorter summer, because he was not looking good the last couple of years <laughs> during the regular season at least. Like his metrics and just just watching him play is not the same. But they had he had that full off season of rest, and he's been he's been great this year.
2: Yep. And then for me at number one, I have kale McCarr. I just think like three points back of Q Hughes. We're talking about Quinn Hughes getting all these points, and he's only three points back of him. Um last time. Uh Q Hughes, second for me, and then I went with Hedman as well. I just think. I don't know if Dobson could actually keep this up, but I think there's one guy on the on the Tampa Bay Lightning on defense who could probably keep it up, and it's Victor Hedman. So I have him at three.
0: Yeah, fair enough. That's why it's the midway awards. Um, Vesna trophy. Uh again, clean sweep across the board for the first two. Connor Hellbuck. He's been unbelievable. Again, we had him for the heart, so it'd be dumb not to him for the Vesna. he's like a 925 this year. He's been so goddamn good. Number two, Thatcher Demko uh he's been really good his entire career maybe outside of a couple years there he's been so consistent this year it's just everything's come together for him at three it's been tough to kind of gauge a number three yeah. i have a tie it's two like just guys are what connor ingram has <laughs> been really good in arizona this year yes Vamelka was supposed to be the starter ingram kind of took over the reins and he's been really really good i think he leads the league in shutouts or he's tied for the league in I shutouts he's you. been great Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to Jacob Markstrom. He's been awesome this year. He leads the league in goal saved above expected, at least according to Money Puck, I think it is. He's had an awesome year. I mean, he's kind of the only reason the Flames are still, like, in there. He's been great. So, wanted to give Markstrom some love after a really tough year last year. He's been great.
1: And then for me also have Hellebuck Demko one, two, and then I have Swayman in at three, we kind of talked about Boston being dominant all year. And Swayman's kind of, obviously all Mark won the Vesna last year, but Swayman has been better this year, um, than all Mark. So I think I'd give the nod to him cause he's younger and he's, his numbers are just flat out better.
2: Yep. Nope. Yep. Hellebuck Hel- oh. Hel- Demko and then for third Swayman, Stuart Skinner gives love to that guy, 13 straight games <laughs> or 13 yeah. straight yeah. wins for that team yeah
0: last but not least caller trophy uh this one again we're we're exactly the same first two carter Bernard, he's missed a lot of games but I think he's chilling at just about a point per game he has like 15 goals 17 goals whatever it is he was great when he was in injury might bring things back down a little bit I guess we'll see uh and number two Brock Faber he's just assumed the role of the number one D yeah in minnesota he's been unbelievable mm-hmm. so good yeah real good way win- that's a real good win-win trade for both la and minnesota for three i, I got connor zary he's been legitimately phenomenal for this team it might be my bias but connor zary's been uh, a rock star this year he should be getting more love he's been awesome and i hope he gets that call of their love i don't know if he will but i hope he does
1: and then for me the only one that would be substitute here is luke hughes there he's with all the injuries to the devil's defense him and Nemek are basically the first pair last like two or three weeks or so so and he's been really good as advertised because he's high draft pick so i have him at number three
2: yep same as well for three
1: cool
0: so uh we're running out of time here so but that's it for our midway awards uh we gotta get out of here so as always guys thank you so much for listening uh follow us on instagram and twitter at the brain leaf pod we'll see you guys in the next one